1: Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning show. Show jumping rider Diane Little, who is also a regular contributor at HITM, joins the crew with some horse shopping do's and don'ts. And we'll get right to our tip after this important message from StatelineTAC.com. Equestrians love summer. We relish the frenetic pace of horse show season, getting kids ready for pony camp, and even the mad dash to get into clinics with our favorite Olympians the blood sucking insects however not so much that's where stateline comes in stateline tack knows how important summer is to all horse lovers whether they chase foxes blue ribbons or gold medals stateline tack is your one-stop website for all manner of summer survival products for you and your horse fly sheets and fly masks fly sprays and spot-on treatments, even feed-through fly control and barn misting systems. You can find it all at competitive prices at statelinetac.com. You know, you
2: learn as you go, I have to say. Every, every single week you learn something
0: new about these animals. Well, that right by itself is, uh, is sage advice. What, um, what sage advice and helpful tip are you going to enlighten us with us today?
2: You know, I wanted to talk about actually the process of looking for a new horse, of um, either whether it be leasing or purchasing. I have a whole bunch of kids that just are finishing a lease and are looking for something new. I have a couple of kids looking for new horses, and then myself just sold my horse, so I'm actually in the process of looking for a new horse. So I figured it was on my mind, so I figured maybe we could talk a little bit about that.
0: Who doesn't love to talk about horse shopping? Go for it.
2: Yeah, exactly, horse shopping. (laughs) So you know, I think I think one of the most important things. There's three things that I think are really important um, when you're going through this process. I think number one, you kind of have to sit down and really think about um, you know the three. There's three things that I really think you have to decide on, and that is discipline. Whether you want to be a jumper, whether you want to do hunter, whether you want to be an adventurer, whether you want to just do trail rides. It doesn't matter. Just really kind of pinpointing what discipline you're looking for. Um, I think size is important. I think that's something that people have to think about, um, what's going to fit them best. And then I also think um, amount of experience, you know. Am I okay with buying a 5-year-old? Am I okay with buying a 18-year-old? You know, I think, I think those are the three things that you really have to keep in mind. I also think people need to come up with a budget. I think that's extremely important. I think that's difficult sometimes. But come up with a budget so that you have, you know, something to guide you. And then lastly, I think it is critical that you bring your trainer along with you when you're doing this shopping. Even myself, and um, as you guys know, I'm a professional. I do not do horse shopping for myself. I have my trainer um, horse shop for me. I think that that's really important because then your emotions aren't involved and you can't kind of take a step back and have somebody really look at the big picture for
0: you. So when you help your students with horse shopping, do you have a tendency, like the um, house hunters on on HGTV, they show up at three different houses and have to make a decision. Do you have a tendency to line up a certain number of prospects for that student to take a closer look at, or is it more of a case-by-case,
2: one-at-a-time
0: process for you?
2: You know, that really depends on kind of the situation. Sometimes I bring my students to horses, horses and then they might get to sit on 10 in a weekend, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Other times, you know, you do it so that they're in school, they're busy, you know, hey, I found something that's interesting, let's go take a look. Um, so I think it really depends on the situation. I think it depends on whether or not these buyers are, you know, like, we want to get this done within the next two weeks, or it's like, let's this process in the next three months, I want something new. Um, so that varies, but I have to say I, I do I do like to put a lot of thought into what I take them to see. You know, I, I don't tend to go to, think, go to horses that I'm kind of on the fence about. If I'm taking them to see something, I feel like it absolutely could be something that they could bring to the barn and, and be a great match for them.
0: Mm-hmm. So does the process is the process much different for someone whose goal is to lease versus purchase or is, is it a similar
2: process or there's anything different about it? I do. I think that I think that there's a, that it, there's a little bit less of that stress factor, you know. Um, you know, okay, if this doesn't work out well within a year, I get to give it back. But I think that leasing um, really comes into play with the younger kids more than the older kids. That's where I really focus my leasing with the ponies and whatnot. They're growing. Their talent is going to change dramatically year to year. So, you know, what I do with my young kids is I'm looking for a pony that fits them at this moment right now. You know, it has to be purchased for them today. Um, For my older kids, I might be looking for a horse that, you know, give us six months a year and boom, you're going to have the horse you want because I know where their direction is. I know that they have the talent to work with, you know, that kind of a prospect. So I, I would say that, that, you know, leasing, it's not necessarily different. I think that I lease because I know I need something for that person perfect for it now and I buy because I know that we can spend time and grow with that with that horse.
3: I got to tell you, listening to you, Diane, you sure have a lot more, um, I'm trying to think of the word. You you definitely have more patience, but you also have more intelligence when it comes to it because I get way too emotional. And I get almost emotional when I'm buying horses for other people, too. And when I take a kid to, to see a horse, I sit on the horse first, of course, and I'm like, okay. I really like this horse. Do I like it for me or do I like it for them? And I really have to separate myself from this horse for them versus this horse for me. Do you ever find that you have that
2: problem when you're, when you're getting a horse for somebody else? Yes, that is, a difficult, that is difficult. I think that um, the trainers have just as much anxiety sometimes about these purchases as the buyers because we do not want our clients to buy a horse. Or a pony, and it not work out for them. You know, I really, really want when when we when we're just finished with this process, it to be the right horse, um, them to be successful in competition. Their goals to be met. So that can be tough. You know, for for the trainers as well to to be able to be you know sure about these purchases and knowing that that it's going to be the right one. And and yes, absolutely. You know, I sit on these horses as well, and. I'm like, oh, I really like this. Oh, it feels good. But, you know, my note to self always is like, yeah, but if this horse is even the least bit strong for me, imagine what it's going to be for my 13-year-old. Or, you know, this one is really bulging right on me. Well, maybe that's too much for them to handle. So, I do have to take that step back and, and, and really look at it, try to, try to look at it from their perspective as well as mine. It is. It, you do. You feel a sense of responsibility, if you were the one that, that, you know, aided the process and and told them that this was going to be the right match, you feel a very large amount of responsibility for their success. Now, these are still animals and, you know, just because they have a couple bad shows doesn't mean it's the right, doesn't mean it was the wrong decision by any means. But, you know, when I am the one that that found the, the horse, when I am the one that, you know, was part of that process of going ahead with the purchase... I do, I I definitely feel like it is my responsibility to make it work for them. And also, if for some reason it doesn't work, I always feel like it's my responsibility to find, you know, another home for that animal or find a way that they could trade. You know, I, I feel like once you become part of that process, you kind of stay in that process.
3: And that, my friend, is why we have you on the show, because you are actually somebody who is accountable to their clients and and does a good job. And I like talking to you about that because it makes me feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that just want to make some money and that just want to earn a dime buying or selling a horse. And, you know, listening to you describe your process i'm sure jennifer resonates with you too that's exactly how i do it i you know i i feel responsible i feel like i want the best to happen for these people i want them to have a lifelong happiness i don't want them to get too much horse and to get you know discouraged and i don't want them to get not enough horse and feel like we need to upgrade again that kind of stuff so uh diane i i I like the way you go through it and i do appreciate that and um Let's see, if we were to sum this up and wrap it up in one tidy little bow, what would you say the most important thing about buying a horse or horse shopping is to your clients?
2: Ah, oh, That's a good one. Um, I would say that the most important thing is that you have a trainer that you trust and respect and you bring them along with you and you really help someone guide you through the process so that your emotions don't get too involved and you can have that person really help you, you know, take a step back so you can find that, that perfect match for you at that moment.
3: I think that's so incredibly important to, to take somebody with you who knows, who kind of speaks the language and you can see somebody lying to you about a probably about a mile away just like I can. Now, the one thing that never works, The one thing, Diane, that never works, and Jennifer, I'm sure you've seen this too, is I tell all the girls when I'm taking them, like, I just took one of my students to the track to go see a horse that she wanted to train her own, and she's a good rider, and so I thought we could do it together. And I said, whatever you do, Sarah, don't go up to, don't look at the horse's face. Because all thoroughbreds thoroughbreds are pretty. And no matter what, you're going to fall in love with it, and you're 16 years old, and whatever we see, you're going to think, I can fix it, because that's what girls do. And it's like, boys, I can fix it, and he's so good looking. They do the same with horses, and I'm definitely guilty. So I say, Sarah, don't look at his face. we got to look at his body and kind of his attitude and his demeanor before we even think about this. Well, she got to the barn five minutes before I did. I go into the... They're like, oh, he's in the fourth stall. And I walk in the stall and there is Sarah. She's got his face in her hands and she's stroking his nose and she's kissing him. I'm like... That's it. You're done. We're toast. <laughs> we're toast. <laughs> I was like, no, she's had the horse uh, ever since. She took him home that day. Like, they went back and got the trailer and that day. He was actually a really sweet horse. I mean, how many horses on the track can you sit there and stroke their nose? Not very many. So he's actually he quite an awesome, awesome horse. But I was like, oh, we're done. I'm like, we might as well just go get the trailer now. <laughs> she's in love. <laughs>
2: It's true. I mean, it's, it's very, very, very true. You know, it's so easy to get, you know, fall in love so fast, especially when you're dealing with, you know, somebody a little bit younger. So, so I've definitely been there where, where, you know, it's just, they're just so pretty. <laughs> the kids are like, oh, they're beautiful. And, and, you know, like, I know they're beautiful, but, Let's just make sure that they can do the job that you need them to do as well.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Well, Diane, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We will talk to you again next month with your next jumping tip of
1: the month. And that's a wrap. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning Gang, putting in their two cents on everything horse, along with fascinating interviews from around the equestrian world, tune in to HorsesInTheMorning.com every weekday. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they do make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of StatelineTAC.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.